What are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Adventurers, welcome back to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm here with Lotus of Doom. And Lotus, we are talking about more Daedric creatures because we're still only about two-thirds of the way through our list. It's it's madness how many there are. Um, and anybody here for the start of the show where uh, we had a mishap, I secretly <laughs> wanted us to play like all your other Lorecast intros before we got to the correct one. <laughs> I, like, accidentally... I wanted the theme song to like the Starfield Lorecast to pop up next. Oh, I can I really play that. You want that. me to switch over? <laughs> I can play sure. that real quick. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I accidentally hit the Fallout one. Um, it happens. <laughs> there, it uses the same button. For some reason, I've this show and fallout are on all on the same sound settings and then all my other shows have their own sound settings so i can accidentally hit the wrong button because it's the same it's the start button for every other show sure but for this show this button is different so if i'm gonna mess it up i mess it up anyway welcome back you guys don't need to know how the buttons work on all the sound effects uh but thank you for joining us live chat thank you for being here we are talking more daedra and we we're are. starting. We're gonna get some uh, some little tiny guys with very little information. We got some more developed creatures or peoples we're, or whatever. We're, we're starting with Battlespire. Yeah, we're starting with Battlespire. <laughs> check this little dude out. And oh, by the way, if you are listening to this on audio platforms, you can check out these episodes like either live on my Twitch channel, Robots Radio, or on the Elder Scrolls Lorecast YouTube channel. You can go back and look and see all the pictures and stuff. So check this guy out. Look at the look at this morphid Daedra. Or morphoid? Yeah. Morphoid. Mor- morphoid, I think. That's it's how you morphoid. pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. Look at oh it's he gets real little if I click on him. So I kinda leave him <laughs> on this screen so it actually zooms in. Because he's all of uh, 171 by 288 pixels. Yeah, look at them pixels. Yeah, here, let's talk about this guy. According to the UASP friends of the show, who do an awesome job with their wiki, the Morphoid Daedra are somewhat intelligent horned lesser Daedra. They kind of look like these red demon dudes. Uh, uh-huh. They have been known to serve Mayrun's Dagon, surprise, uh, with many being members of Zivili Moath's clan. Morphoid Daedra saw themselves as superior to Scamps and Vermi. <laughs> so they're not the bottom of the rung of danger yeah so we haven't gotten a vermi yet but uh yeah so in in one of the levels for battle spire you have this like warring set of clans essentially of daedra and zivili moath uh has a decent amount of these like basically backing his claim up to be like hey i'm number one second in command daedra dagon bring me on and then this is how it all goes while they're all betraying each other and doing what they do but these things are just like stereotypical little devils yeah they're literally just like hey picture a devil and picture it in 90s graphics right with extra horns though like extra horns extra horns they've got like two sets means more evil more horns means more evil they got two sets of (laughs) horns on their head like little ones and then bigger like curvy ones then they have horns coming out of their shoulders and then they've got the uh, little spiked tail they're not Mm -hmm. wearing any clothes but they don't seem to have a need to because they're not really covering anything up and uh then they've got the like the goat legs thing going on and because it's a 90s game no no need for physics why not make the thing stand in a way where physically it wouldn't be able to hold its body up because the body weight would just topple over yeah there you go Uh, it's it's another one of those weird creatures too that has uh if i remember correctly since in uh battle spire if your speech is high enough you're 
able to talk to anything in that game. Um, and this is another one where they are just creepy because everything that talks to you in that game is wildly unsettling. <laughs> right. You're basically in hell. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're the most generic, like invader type, like rank and file enemies in battle spire. Mm-hmm. So much so that they never really are seen again, but they're also like, I don't know. They're sort of a precursor to the way some things seem like they like might have. Cause, cause I mean, Dramora already existed as well. So it's not even like, Oh, they were the precursors to Dramora because those were in battle Spire as well. But yeah, it's, it's, it's like, like they just needed there. something generic that wasn't quite one of those things, but right. wasn't as small as a scamp. And yeah. And I feel like some of their traits might have been moved on to other creatures, but these things really have not been seen much sense or at all actually yeah i mean just they're, they're kind of as with so many of these games you need some cannon fodder right you need yeah. just like they're the, things they're that the stormtroopers of oblivion right they're the stormtroopers they just you just show up you could tell they're evil because they're red and they have horns and they look a little scary <laughs> and so you kill them because they're in the way right and yeah, then they but they're, they're bad but this is they're bad but they're not so bad or so hard that they become like a major thing you have to deal with so they're just a thing to build a game design feature around, yeah. you know, basic combat. So that's basically all they are. And strangely enough, we haven't gotten any more of them. It's, uh, you know, it's not like a lot of these kinds of things come back in ESO at some point and they'll like pull from this and then they'll put them back in. Sure. But no Morphoid Daedra in ESO yet. No Morphoids. They're just, they're good with the Morphoids. They just, yeah. Nobody, nobody likes the Morphoids. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like for Daedra like this, there's always opportunity to expand the lore. Like if I was working at Zoss or I was working mm-hmm. on the next Elder Scrolls like mainline game to take something like this and turn them into more of a people group like the Zivili or you sure. know, whoever. And, you know, maybe there's a story there about them being. Uh, taken over by these are other groups and so they band together and they fight back and they rebel or you know some other something that can play into a storyline or some location yeah. you come across I, or whatever I, f- I feel like the main thing about these uh why we probably won't see much of them going forward is the fact that um well pretty much they, they didn't make an appearance in the Deadlands expansion in ESO, where they fleshed out so much of that. So you think it's unlikely that they'll show so back I up because that would have be, been the time. To right. Do that it. seemed like that would have been a perfect time for it because they filled out a lot of creatures that we had not seen in a while. Um, but but you could you could reference. build I, I think you're right. You could build a storyline around that, though. The reason oh, we don't sure. see them in there is because they they're led a rebellion of or they're extinct blah, blah, blah. or sure. maybe they are enslaved and they all live underground. And so we didn't actually see them. And right, then right, there's right. some storyline for them rebelling and pushing back and working with the mortals in order to gain a foothold over top of these other Daedra who are higher than. Sure. I could pole. totally see something like that. But yeah, yeah, I feel like because they kind of chose not to bother they made their choice with what what we're getting with them right it's it's not going to be likely right right yeah i think you're right but yeah yeah i guess we'll see but you're probably right they're probably we're probably uh, never going to see these guys again uh they're they're super generic like you know it's it's fine you know they're fine yeah so (laughs) this next one let's move on to something that we actually do see a good bit about in ESO because they needed cool mounts. <laughs> that's, they sure did. That's how I feel uh, about this one. Although it's a cool, I, I think that's fine justification to create something that looks pretty freaking cool and has kind of some cool lore to it. So yes, yeah, for for sure. I don't actually have a problem with these, but that is totally the reason these were created. <laughs> yeah, and this is what we're talking about: nightmare animals. That sounds like a charming thing. Mm, Nightmare animals. When you think about mounts in ESO, every so often you'll think of some that have like flaming eyes or like they're dark black and scary looking kind of like something. I don't know. A ghost would ride (laughs) like like a haunted spirit, you know, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of thing. Right. Um, So that's that's what we have here. Nightmare animals. These are Daedric creatures that originate from the Deadlands and are rumored to have been created by Mayrune's Day on himself these creatures have black fur burning extremities and then get a load of all these details and flames hissing from their face 
Their eye sockets yeah. are on fire. Flames puff from their nostrils as they breathe. The fire pours from their mouths when they make open-mouthed vocalizations. <laughs> kind of like dragons, sort of. Yep. Uh, the ground burns beneath these beasts' feet. Juvenile versions of these creatures exist. They're wolf pups, sench cubs, and bear cubs that belch fire and plod along with flaming paws. Nightmare bear cubs are affectionate creatures that enjoy physical contact. <laughs> I love that, like, although they are hellish, hellish, scary, on fire creatures that are burning from the inside out, they're still like, yeah, but the little ones are cute and they're friendly. Yeah, they're cuddly and warm and... So weird. Uh, the yeah. Nightmare Corsair specifically is a flame wreathed horse. It is sometimes used by mortals as a mount, although its chaotic temperament makes this a difficult task. <laughs> There's also senches and bears and fire stalkers, a bunch of other things. Yeah, they're, they're the whole swath of all the mounts you can get exist with this overlay skin <laughs> yeah yeah so they i'm pulling it up on the stream right now so you can see it i mean it's basically yeah. like they took a regular horse and they were like what was the most badass thing we can do with a regular horse model well let's give it let's make it all black okay cool now let's uh let's add fire where's the fire uh every open extremity that we have on the model <laughs> all of them <laughs> all of them eyes so nose mouth got it but mm, the tail covers it we don't need to do that one Yet. <laughs> Yet. What if um, what if they farted flames? See, that's what I'm saying. Yet. That would be amazing. I would pay for the, extra um, fart flame farts. Flame farts. These yeah. things in general are just uh it, it's kind of like if Shadowmere had like indigestion, like from Skyrim. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's another like, way you could look at it too. Like, okay, let's take Shadowmere and yeah, it, let's it's turn like it up to eleven. Right. We yeah. Shadowmere's an eight. We need this to be at 11 to sell this skin type type of thing, which is a super cynical out of lore way of looking at it. But that's totally like it's totally why you design stuff. But but OK, yeah, so but like a less cynical on like the Shadowmere idea. Right. A less cynical way of thinking about it would be our people who want to play this game are going to want really cool freaking looking mounts. Right. So what can we make that looks really cool? They Let's, really, they, they, you see a lot of them in ESO around Halloween as well. Like, yeah. that's where everybody busts these things out and is running around at these things. They super, like, that might have been the first time they were in the game, but I don't know that specifically. Uh, but yeah, they, they they definitely fit the Halloween vibe. Yeah, they they put a turn on their skeleton skins and then they get <laughs> on their spooky fire horse yep. and then they exactly. ride around. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Halloween is always fun. Um, so other than that, we don't really know much about them, like why no, they, they were don't created. Have a lot of in-depth lore to them. Um, I would imagine Mayrun's Dagon is making scary creatures because I mean everything he does looks kind of scary, and he's got to do something with all those arms. <laughs> he's got to do something with his arms. He's <laughs> like even if he's just twiddling two thumbs, he still has right, like, like four like other thumbs. Not occupied. Whatever that stupid phrase is. Right. <laughs> he's got right. all of them. He's got too many hands. Too many hands. Too many hands. Um, but, you know, I would imagine if you wanted some of your minions to ride on something that looks scary and good in war, then you would probably give them something like this. But here's the other thing. The fact that there are young versions of these, like cubs and, you know, little baby versions, yeah. means that they probably procreate in some sort of way where they have young and the young grow up. Yeah, which is just weird kind of for Daedra a little bit a little bit some of them don't do that I guess the ones that are based around animals do that Yeah, that's That is weird like you don't see like children Zivoli or right like they, they like the, the ones that look humanish or elfish well, because, or whatever yeah because when they when they die and come back it's the same ones coming back they're just right. reforming it's like they but, reform into a new body and they're like they get this i guess the only thing is though do we know that they're children or are they like or they're just like versions little baby shaped ones but like, they're like yeah maybe they're just smaller that's even scarier because they could be like <laughs> ancient like 
Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe 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 they just have a lot of variety in the size they oh, come in. Dear God, I mean, look at this little dude, this little bear cub, this little bear cub. He could be four thousand years old and just right. stuck in this little bear body. And his lust for blood has never been quenched, <laughs> never been satiated, uh, and and that's why all the fire comes out of his eyes and his paws. Yeah. Oh man, well, these poor, those poor little wolf Maybe they're actually corrupted instead. Oh, maybe. Maybe because there is no real description on how they're formed. Maybe it's a corruption style. That's actually an interesting idea. Like like they're gathering yeah. actual mortal animals. Right. And then using some form of That's magic. That's an interesting idea, Rosa. I, I actually kind of like that. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it's like, OK, well, yeah, it was a normal bear cub, but then it got like corrupted into being one of these things. I mean, look at this little guy. Look at that guy. Look at little little lion cub. Poor little guy. <laughs> yeah, just all corrupted and filled with yeah. demonic powers. <laughs> well, that, that was one of the things we talked about on a previous episode was the difference between being born as a Daedra and being embodied with a Daedric spirit. And spirit, right. Daedrified in some way, right? Yeah. So so actually that maybe that that maybe actually is a, a that that might make more sense uh, since we were like, I, I like that idea. I, I feel like having had that just brought up that that actually might be more in line with what what the basis to them is okay well let's go with that that's our new headcanon if you listen to the show until informed otherwise based on the information we've been given in the series so far i like that (laughs) that's it's it ross your your idea has passed it is now fact boom done don't argue with us that's just how it is now nailed it um, all right, here, let's do one more before we take our mid-break, because those were pretty quick. Uh, next on the list, Nocturnal Shrike. Now, I have to warn you, I can't show some of the pictures of the earliest versions of these. You can't show Battlespire. Because nipples. <laughs> because yeah. Well, you can show one of the Battlespire images, can, just I not can. 95% of Battlespire's Right, images. some of them have little little halter tops, but uh, yeah, and, and even the other games... Uh, play on this because they have like the hair dangled in front of the body, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. So that's kind of, uh, we can get into their interesting aesthetic because ESO changed it so that they're less M rated. Um, mm-hmm. Even though ESO is M rated, they, they, they reeled it back in a little bit to make it a little less uh, with the nudity. Where because it's, nipples it's some of the old hurt games. children. Children yeah, should clearly, never see but nipples. Murder's fine. Um, <laughs> the murder's fine. Murder's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, ESO, they have very, so they're 90% of that, they're topless with like, they're honestly, they just kind of look like blonde ladies. Or, well, some of them are, they, I guess their hair white color does vary, but yeah. most of them seem blonde for some reason. Or yeah. white, it's almost like whitish hair. White hair, there's some black haired ones, but yeah, it's yeah, like they are, have long hair actually, and it dangles yeah, in front some, of their there bodies. There are some other ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so like in ESO, their hair is very long and it strategically falls across their chest down to mm-hmm. like their skirt type of thing. Um, you don't necessarily have that in Battlespire because Battlespire was made by children. <laughs> well, it, the other the flip side of that is that uh, in the 90s, in the 80s and 90s, the majority of the PC gaming community was adults. It was the oh, kinds of people sure. who could afford I, PCs. And so yeah, the developers were designing games for adults by adults. And so without they were going, well, this is the lore behind it. So, let's, you know, OK, the boobs which, are out. Let, let me modify, I guess, so that it, which I'm completely fine with. I mean, the writing to Battlespire is absolutely it's, it's ridiculous like, it's like children read it yeah. and, and that game is literally designed in any way that they could just be like more boobs please more this more sure, whatever let's sure. just be as extreme 90s 2000s as possible right um, right, right. Wh- which is the only reason because it's like okay yeah that's because in general it's like i don't care i mean honestly sometimes when these things are closed it doesn't make any sense it's like why would it care like right, why would a minotaur right. give a crap about wearing a, a loincloth it's a <laughs> right I don't right. think that's high on his list of things he cares about. Yeah, the first like, thing he whatever. does when he gets up in the morning is probably not look for his loincloth. <laughs> right. So right. it's like that. That's not the point of it. But yeah, they, they were modified slightly. Um, but yeah, they're kind of, again, they're certainly memorable. I guess, I guess they're like unique enough, but well, they're really... 
let's they, uh they just look like people yeah well here let's get into the description so people yeah. can have a little more sense of what we're talking about sure the nocturnal shrikes sometimes simply called nocturnals or shrikes are a race of daedra found in the everglown nocturnals realm that's yep. thus nocturnal strikes uh, in appearance they resemble tall pale scantily clad beautiful women Despite their power, nocturnal shrikes are prone to bouts of debilitating melancholy. <laughs> They're depressed. Oh, yeah, it's, I actually <laughs> kind of forgot it. Yeah, uh, go on. I'll get into that after. <laughs> the race is seemingly caste based with the terms greater and lesser used to draw distinctions between two individuals of varying power. They often utilize dark magic associated with crows. So nocturnal crows. Sure. That makes again, sense, more right? with the nocturnal. Yep. Yep. Lesser nocturnals serve greater nocturnals faithfully, offering counsel and have even been known to make sacrifices out of love for their mistresses. So they're they're pretty tightly bond bonded bound together. The nocturnals of Shade Perilous are led by the nocturnal lieutenant lieutenant uh, Jossiel Morgan, I think is how yeah, you pronounce J-Seal that. Yeah, J.C.L. Morgan. J-Seal. That, that's, that's another subplot in the Elder Scrolls Legends Battlespire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nocturnal Shrikes have various other ranks and titles, such as Crowcaller, Executioner, Gloom Siren. Ooh, that's a good one. Night Maiden, Night Sister, Shadow Weaver, Shroud Weaver. It's different than Shadow Weaver, I guess. Sure. And Talon. <laughs> and then uh, oh. there's there's part of the storyline that plays in ESO. It just it talks about that. It talks yep. about um, some other things. But I mean, that's that's the gist of it is that these yeah. these are humanoid Daedra that serve nocturnal and they're sure. kind of depressed and, and, and they are loyal to each other. Well, that's the thing. So in Shade Perilous, uh, we'll go on, man, I never get to go on this many battle spire rants in one episode. This is wild. <laughs> um, so. Again, the thing in Shade Perilous, you're dealing with JCL Morgan and all of that. And and without going too deep into it, I again it's all on like my full let's play of it or whatever. Um, but like there's a lot I had a tough time kind of describing it on Tales of Tamriel because it comes across the writing is really ham fisted in that game. Um mm-hmm. there's there's definitely some cool stuff that came out of Battlespire, but overall Battlespire is a rough experience. The writing is really ham-fisted, and they do not deal with the concept of depression well in that game. Um, because more or less to solve solutions when dealing with shrikes, you just try to get them more depressed so that they literally get themselves out of the way. <laughs> God, 25 years ago. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> when I was playing through this, I was like, oh, is that the solution to this? Oof. Oh, like, oh. So, yeah, so the, the the whole, like, that sounds sort of like a throwaway line at first, but it's like, oh, they're prone to melancholy. They have depression <laughs> as part of their, like, writing, um, which is weird. Well, they they, um, they live in the Everglome. I guess they, that's true. So their they, setting isn't exactly super uplifting. Right. But, yeah, they, they straight up have, like, melancholy, as they use it in the series, is literally part of, like, what they do. And that's actually, like, one of their weaknesses because you can exploit it in-game, which is just, like... Yikes! I don't know how I, that yeah. that is a product of its time. I feel like, but, yeah, uh, psychological issues were not handled the same way twenty five years ago as we handled sure them today. Um, they uh, sure were. If you if you feel melancholy, if you're having yeah. depressive episodes, seek help. There are hotlines yeah, you can like, call. Go talk to a therapist. Like there, talk to there's somebody. A, like talk to, go to it, your doctor. There are correct. things it's, that you can do. Uh, it is don't. normal. Like it's not a weird thing that <laughs> right. a detriment to your character build in life. Right. Like it's something that's totally fine to like. Yep. If you gotta Just deal with it, vent. Yes. Vent. Like it's right. it's fine. The Chat solution is not serving nocturnal and then becoming a daedra. Correct. That is <laughs> one taking your top the off. And then... way we can explain this. Yes, for sure. Like, yeah, for for real. <laughs> they do have some cool so, names, though. They, like the, the they titles. Do. Their titles are very cool. And honestly, they've like I said, they're kind of generic humanoid 
type of thing but they've got a pretty cool look to them oh yeah um, oh yeah they like and, here i'm gonna and, put them back on the screen again some, some of, of the especially the they have on there what little armor they wear is actually pretty cool as well so like yeah the, they're not total throwaways but it's just like they're a little peculiar <laughs> Right. The one from Battlespire that I can pull up with the top has kind of this green yeah. outfit. It's like a green skirt and a little little tube top. Yeah, uh, I forget if that's JCL Morgan or not. Uh, no, this is a different no, one. No, that's um, a different one. Yeah you, yeah, you meet a you meet a decent amount of them. I couldn't remember if she was the only one that wore a shirt. Right. And she looks very humanoid in this. But then when you get to yes. the ones in ESO, you got like gray skin with like glowing ruins. Yeah, ESO kind of like went a little weirder with them. They're cool. I think they look cool. Like the glowing, yep. the glowing runes and the darker kind of grayish skin is is a really cool kind of contrast. It, it makes them feel otherworldly in a way that I would suppose it's difficult when you have a world like Tamriel with so many different races and skin colors and all of that stuff anyway, to take right. something like this and make it truly feel Daedric. I think going the, that gray, like making it look desaturated, you know, like. Well, yeah. And I like when they get kind of weird with it. Like they don't need to. Sometimes they play things very generic medieval fantasy in points. And I like the mix of that with some of the more weird that you'll mm. get out of the series. And I feel like that's sort of a strength. So, like, sometimes I, I, I like when they lean a little more into the weird, especially when it's some, not, not the weird, like, as in the witches of the weird, but like the weird <laughs> aesthetic. Right. Not the magic um, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. Some of the more ethereal stuff. Um, I, I think that that actually benefits the series quite a bit because you get some of the more unique stuff. Right. Yeah. No, I like it, too. I still think adding Daedra as a playable race in a future game in some way would be awesome. And being able to choose your type of Daedra, like, are you one? Are you one of these? You know, sure. did you serve Nocturnal? Are you a Shrike? Are you one of the other ones? Did you serve, you know, Mayron's Dagon and you were, you know, whichever uh, there's multiple that serve him, right? Like, which right, which right. one do you come from? And that, that changes like your height, your build, the, your coloring on your skin, maybe the runes yeah, you get that the weird blue Zivili skin. Do you yeah. have the like Dramora kind of weirdish, like, reddish, blackish skin? Like, right. there's, there's options. Yeah. Like, clan fear. That would be really cool. I think that would be really, really neat. Um, but working that into a game where people, they'll just freak out every time you walk into town. Would, that, that part's a little more difficult. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're dangerous. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just, I just want to buy your goods. I'm just shopping. Like, I'm chill just out. trying to sell you these organs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which again is totally normal from an adventure. Here's a whole bunch of Daedra hearts, and it's just like <laughs> wet flap sounds just <laughs> dumping out of your supply bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice all right let's time to take a break we gotta go thank our patrons so don't go anywhere we'll be right back our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This is Hamish Morak, Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, the people who help bring the show to you every week. So thank you, Hi, patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons, including our newest ones, LC and Maranio. I think that's how you pronounce that. I'm not great at I pronunciations, hope it is. I like that. but yeah, very nice names. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, also, <laughs> we've got to shout out our Daedric princes, uh, Belli Peritus. 
I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. They, and they still haven't corrected you, huh? I haven't heard, so maybe I'm doing all it right. right. So then you can just take that as that's probably correct. I don't know why, but I'm going to assume it's correct. I'm going to use that philosophy for everything I do from now on. If right. I don't get corrected on it, I know I'm right. That's got no negative ramifications <laughs> on the horizon at all. Yep. Uh, also, Kira C. and Shea Garth Sweetroll, thank you for your, your support. All to 109 of our current patrons, thank you for being here and supporting the show and keeping it going. And I hope you are enjoying things like ad-free episodes and t-shirts and stickers. Go check out all the designs and all the cool stuff that you can get over at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Also, if you'd like to leave a five-star review, we'll read it out on a future episode. We don't have any new ones this week, but they mean the world to us and they help everybody realize that this is a show worth checking out. Also, you can rate the show on Spotify. You can share it with your friends and, you know, you can talk to, you know, your guild members while you're delving dungeons or whatever. Uh, all of that is extremely helpful. So thank you all for the support. All right, let's move on with the rest of the show. We've got one more Daedric Creature to talk about. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of Sithis. That is why the Night Mother loves you. Speaking of love, Lotus, <laughs> I think... I think I love. I don't the, think I like that. I think, I, think I love to talk about. I, think I love the Ogrim. They're they're kind of cute. Like that's the next one we're talking about. We're talking about Ogrim. These are like Daedric ogres, right? They're like yes. big, kind of round. They're like if any of the humanoid Daedra were like big teddy bears, but in a Daedric version, that's these guys. Yeah, instead of, instead of fuzzy, they're scaly. Right. They got some spikes. They are, look really grumpy, but they look kind of grumpy in a like, well, this guy just needs a hug sort of way. Shout out <laughs> to the Morrowind Ogrim specifically. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, we can pull it here. Let's pull this up. Please, please do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here, check this out. Uh, if you're watching, this is for you. Morrowind or Ogrim. All right. We need to describe <laughs> this for our listeners. If you are a listener of the show, you've probably seen an Ogrim in Skyrim or ESO. Uh, big, scaly, round boys who are fairly large and, you know, can be difficult to fight. Uh, the ones in Morrowind, I think these are the earliest ones, kind of look like frog people. They kind of do look like frog people. Um, yeah, that's just... I. <laughs> they are frog, frog what else do we say horns. they are frog people with horns yeah uh, they've become much more sinister over the years as opposed to doofy yeah um, yeah okay so the concept art concept art is pretty cool you got i mean basically they're ogres yes That's i mean essentially they're just ogres are. they're elder scrolls ogres <laughs> right elder scrolls ogres i mean and... there are ogres in the elder scrolls but they've which is weird. The Morrowind one is so good, though, because all right. So <laughs> I, I need to describe this. To I need to describe this one. in a way that people can understand it. The eyes are too close together. They're red. The mouth is like this big jowl thing, like with a big old, big old jaw or like double chin or whatever that is. Uh, they got some horns that stick down. But then the proportions of their body are like a really fat toddler <laughs> that slash crocodile frog person uh the arms i don't i'm not sure if the arms can actually touch over his head kind of like I'm a toddler positive they cannot yeah they probably can't he probably can't scratch the top of his head his feet are like really big and he looks like he just waddles when he walks right and he is a single piercing oh and yeah and like a yeah weird like really really awkwardly placed nipples with like yes, a nipple ring one of them being pierced yep there you go that's it that's all you need to know about them, those guys. Uh, yep. <laughs> but they do show up in other, you know, other games. Uh, they're yeah, in they're ESO a lot. In Elder Scrolls Online, um, it's a pretty common enemy, especially when you're dealing with Daedra. Um, but yeah, yeah they're, they're just like, they're the Daedric equivalent of ogres, I guess, because thinking about the fact that there are ogres in the series, the ogres are like the Tamrielic creature of an ogre, and this is just basically the... Dramora or, or or Daedra version, not Dramora, Daedric version of the, an ogre type of thing. It's their Daedric counterpart to an ogre. Right, right. And I I like the design of the ESO ones. They're still some big boys. They still got some big old oh, round sure. tummies. And, and they, you know. they look pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they they like I said, they went from a bit on the derpy side to, okay, these things are actually pretty cool now. Right. And they don't look particularly smart. 
They're probably uh, no, probably not. Uh, and not all of them are hostile, as you find out in the Deadlands, which is kind of weird. Because um, mm-hmm. Daedric mm-hmm. beings aren't always just overtly hostile, and it's kind of weird to see some of them just hanging out at the bar, snacking or whatever in the Deadlands expansion. Yeah. They don't really acknowledge you. They're not like friends with you, but they kind of just let you be because they're just like doing their own thing, which is kind of interesting. They're kind of semi-intelligent. They're yeah, It's, it's yeah, like the intelligent say. race is kind of just put up with them. They're just like, I'm not sure right. we've ever heard them speak. Yeah. Well, here's what the US, UESP says. It says, uh, Ogrim or Ogrims are large dim-witted Daedra with very little intellect, <laughs> which are describable as fat-faced ogres. So this is in quotes. I didn't look this up ahead of time, but that comes from uh, the Nave of Rooks dialogue during Lost in the Gloam in ESO. So this was a, right. a description one of the characters gave of them. They are chiefly sent into the mortal world to menace living things for the amusement of Daedric princes. Ogrim are primarily associated with Malakath. Makes sense. They get like the ogre thing going on, right? They are sturdy and powerful and can regenerate health by pounding their chests. I wish I could do that. Like That is a pretty cool feature. I'm not feeling good today. I've got a a cold or I'm constipated. Let me just pound my chest all better. I can poop there again. You just pound out all the sickness. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, lots of poop jokes. Um, for <laughs> oh. clothing, most Ogrim wear minimal garments, such as modesty cloths. Loincloths is another way to say that. Kind of like the joke we made earlier of priorities. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Though the higher ranking ones are often suited in armor because they're you know running into battle. Due to their immense weight, belly spoons made from curved piece of obsidian are used in easing ogrim torsos into armor or through narrow doorways basically if you've ever used a shoehorn if you've ever put on a pair of shoes and you couldn't get your heel in you need to kind of scoop the shoehorn in there and slide your heel in that's how they get the belly part of the ogrims into armor or through doorways how would how would you like to have to carry a belly spoon around with you i hate all of this <laughs> all right moving on uh tooth <laughs> tooth sharpener picks are made specifically for cleaning out the stubborn crevices between ogrim teeth they actually have like they take care of their teeth many well, of them they seem like they are very hygienic <laughs> many of them wear jewelry including nipple piercings like the morrowind one we talked about nipple caps adorned with copper and nose shackles etched with jagged runes that signify an ogrim's obeisance to the daedric master Every Daedric prince is said to possess legions of Ogrims among other common lesser Daedra. So these are one of the more common ones as part of why you see them all over the place in ESO. Sanguine uses Ogrim as bouncers for his parties. That sounds like a perfect job. That's literally a public dungeon in the Elder Scrolls Online in Shadowfen. And uh, if you play ESO, I strongly recommend it if you haven't been to the area. It's a pretty entertaining experience. <laughs> Ogrim are also known to serve Molag Ball and Mafala. Molag Ball often employs them as guards and torturers. The lumbering Ogrim is cruel, often entertaining itself by tormenting its underlings. Ogrim toss in a game where a crew ball is kicked around by ogrims though it is unclear if it has any actual rules <laughs> they just like to kick things so we're just gonna play kick the ball and then eventually someone just says they win probably and then probably ends up into in a fight and they punch each other and then they yeah walk that's away. it yeah that's that's bad. but don't worry none of them get injured because they just pound their chest they just pound their chest they feel better again i feel like they probably play this game with like somebody's head <laughs> i was about to say now what are the odds you think this is played with a skull probably or probably a ball of feces well, the might also I be a, i was thinking like yeah. immediately my my thought immediately kind of went to like a dung beetle like <laughs> and i'm just pet, like except that's that's them playing kick the ball because they, you know it's just called kick the ball <laughs> it doesn't even have a name it's not like football or soccer or something else it's just kick, kick the ball just kick the ball want to play kick the ball here <laughs> my favorite here my f- favorite game kick the ball undisputed winner i never lose <laughs> that's because you always punch me in the face before i could kick the ball that's not my fault <laughs> yep love it yeah I, Boom. I, I want conversations with these i want to hear what they say to each other um so that's it ogrim that's that's it big ogre looking daedra um yep 
I mean, they're still kind of cute, even though they're hideous and ugly. <laughs> they're still kind of cute. I mean, their heads, it's, the, it's the head proportion. Hideous. It's the head proportion. Like, we, as human beings, yeah. we, are, we are, like, programmed biologically when a thing has a big head and a smaller body compared to its head. We think that that's cute, you know, like infants or small dogs or cats, you know, like that sure. proportion thing is cute. These just they just have that proportion. Their head is significant. It's almost the size of its whole belly. <laughs> like it's so it looks. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> certainly interesting anatomically. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there you go. But yeah, Abrams. again, another another interesting uh, addition to the series for the most part. I, uh, I I like Ogrim. I think they're a pretty good enemy. Like I said, the Morrowind one is hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Another, another, I guess, good addition to the series or whatnot. Um, and it was kind of interesting to see them fleshed out a little more in Deadlands, other than like we had mentioned not super intelligent so they don't have a lot to say exactly but not to just have them as the generic enemy to blow up type of deal yeah right so yeah so i like them too I, you know yeah, i think these are good neat. all right so that's going to do it for today's episode those are our most recent four danger to go over we're still at O, so we've got a good ways left of other danger to talk about and uh we'll be back I next week i hope this <laughs> continues to be entertaining we got a decent well again it's always a a bit of a mix because sometimes sometimes they're really really fleshed out like we had a couple good ones to discuss but then also there's like the morphoid which is like okay it's not a lot to you yeah yeah um but yeah some of them have more details and um I hope you have a wonderful week, everybody. Lotus, you got anything else going on you want to share? Before? Uh, oh, we, we finished no, up our thing last yeah, weekend. I was going to say, yeah. I wanted to kind of give a big shout out. Thank you to everybody um, that stopped by, donated, uh, just hung out with us, whatever the case for Extra Life. Um, it was super fun. Uh, it was a massive, massive success. Uh, our goal of $2,500 uh, got doubled because we ended up raising five thousand dollars um so that went incredibly well huge shout out to um the uesp who provides us the the basis for all we talk about type of thing Mm -hmm. um they actually came through and because everybody had raised twenty five hundred dollars basically already they uh they did a matching donation and just doubled everything so we ended up blowing our goal out of the water in the end which was awesome um it was really fun um arc still has got to get in his time for battle spire because we had lots of battle spire uh nudges this show <laughs> i call them nudges uh-huh. <laughs> and um yeah, no, it was just, it was a big success, and uh, you just really wanted to thank everybody for that. We'll have our update episode with Tails uh, soonish type of thing. We just want to cover some news going forward and stuff toward the end of the year. But um, no, I, I, other than that, uh, uh, hopefully I'm just going to have some time to stream some um, uh, Daggerfall coming up. And actually, I suppose there is one thing that I can shout out because I'm part of it. It starts on the official um, Bethesda channel. And then it's going to raid down the line for an entire week. But um, there is a, uh, let me get the exact name of it because it, it's got like a legitimate name. But there is a um, raid train thing starting on the 12th um, of December. Mm-hmm. So what's that, five days? That's uh, yeah, Tuesday. Days. Tuesday coming up. Yeah, yeah. so Tuesday. Um, on the Bethesda channel, they're showing off the Endless Archive. And then... Basically, there is a group of a lot of us streamers who are going to one by one just show what the Endless Archive is from our different play styles. And there's a lot of different ways to play these games. And that's basically just uh, it's it starts on Tuesday, the 12th, and then it will go down the line for an entire week, pretty much nonstop. And uh, my shift is Sunday, which would be the 17th, uh, where I start at 1 PM Eastern. So I'll be, I'll be doing endless archives for a two hour stint that Sunday. If you feel like stopping by and saying, hi, you're, you're more than welcome, Uh, but should be a fun time. Should be a fun time. And definitely check out either Bethesda or any of the people will all be popping up in the directory as we just be sharing the 
the stream party from one stream to the next as we sign off. So awesome. Should I, be hope fun goes, time. I hope that goes really well. Yeah. 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 And then uh, Skyrim actually just got an update too. We've got. Yes, uh, it did. Creation Club is updated. There are now purchasable mods, which is kind of yes. a new thing again. And sort of. I feel like it's interesting because I think it's showing kind of like. It, it's kind of setting up the backbone for what we're going to get with the Fallout 4 mm-hmm. and then anniversary Starfield. edition or whatever yeah. the hell they're going to call it. This is the test. This is clearly the test. The, so they're going to roll this out on Fallout 4. They're going to roll it out in Starfield. And then they're going to Starfield probably well. bundle it into the next Elder Scrolls game Correct. on release. This is kind of yeah. like, you know, a, a, an alternate version of the mods. Um, and, you know, it just this was kind of a sad thing that i saw but at the same time not not if you're an elder scrolls fan um one of the things i saw discussing it was they were like yeah well they wanted to you know use it on an older property rather than blowing up the most current property or something like that sure um and and in the podcast that i was listening to that was talking about that they were like yeah because you want it on a smaller population than a bigger population because obviously you can stress test it easier and they were like oh there's actually 9,000 more people playing Skyrim than there is playing Starfield. Starfield. Yeah, yeah. The number, the <laughs> number has like, the number has has dwindled down. But so that's that's also I, normal for RPGs after about three months of being out. Is sure, is that the, the population so does to drop? That point though, whereas I didn't really mean that as a slight against Starfield. They took yeah. it as like, oh, that's disturbing. Yeah, that is insane. That that many people are still playing still Skyrim. Yeah, playing like yep. it's got over like thirty thousand concurrent people peak on. That's yep. Yep. The game that never ends. Well, it's it's actually become a platform. That's what they've realized it is, is that yeah, it's it straight is straight up a platform. It has become um, a platform. Most people yeah. are not. And I can't speak for everyone. Most people are probably not going back through an entire adventure going, what's over here? What's over here? Unless Correct. they're relatively new to it. And they're like, you know, sure. oh, sure, my sure, dad sure. said I should play this and I'm, you know, 15 now and now <laughs> right. I can play it or whatever. Um, but a lot of people are going, oh, what's this mod? How does this mod? How yes. can I make the world the way I want it to work? How can I make companions? How 100%. can I, you know, get some really cool weapons? Let's try out the yep. new combat stuff. So they're treating it like new game releases on a platform. Yes. And, and, and that's mainly what I meant by that yeah, statement is yeah. it's it's wild that there are more people playing that still to this day. Like games would be psyched to have that many concurrent players now. Oh, sure. On their game yeah. that just came out. And yeah. it's like. This game came out in 2011 and it is still going strong. But it also makes sense why they want to monetize um, mods, because if you have that many people still playing, then you have people spending all this time putting out these mods and now you have a platform for them, then it's kind of a win-win both for the mod makers to actually make some money off of. They design something really cool and it gets out there and the community loves it. Let them earn some money. Maybe they can make a career out of that. But then also Bethesda gets a kickback for I'm sure they get a significant percentage of that because it's on their platform. Yeah, Yeah. for for sure. Um, But yeah, no, it's it's, I'm glad you brought that up because that is that's a very cool thing that we want to, you know, discuss over on uh, Tales of Tamriel too is yeah. to like kind of get into the nitty gritty with it because it's it is it's like and for a lot of people well, they like that. I, like, I'd love to hear you when you guys talk about it. Talk about I think the biggest sticking point is the fact that when you purchase something, most of the time you want it to work, and that's yes. the problem with mods is that sometimes either they just don't work or they don't play nice with the other mods that you have or whatever. Right. And on top of it, you have the the double problem of. You can read the description, you can look at the screenshots, but you don't know if it's actually going to be the thing that you really want for the playthrough that you're doing or whatever. I think the solution is you can buy the mod and then or you can try a mod out for like 10 minutes and then you get a very specific amount of time you can use it. And if you like it, you can buy it. So you get a little trial period. That way you can you can load it up. You can see if it works and you can see if it actually does the thing that you think it should do. Right. And then you can choose to buy it or not. And, and, and that would, that's going to solve a super, lot of headaches, I think. Right. And mods aren't really my thing. So I have like very just kind of like tangential knowledge of a lot of this stuff. But um, the way with like Creation Club seemed like it was like, okay, here's more of a stable way, I think, was the idea. It's like, yeah, this is kind of like intro to modding. Sure. This almost seems like the next step 
Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now you're getting real weird if you're going with just like unauthorized mods and stuff like that. It's like, hey, this is at your own risk. You can do some really cool stuff. Right. But right. all the gloves are entirely off with this. So I would right. like to hope, I would hope that this is curated to a degree that it's like, no, no, as long as you get the mod order correct, this should function. Yeah. But at some point, you just run out of space. Like you, oh, you hit a, a limit. You hit a limit on how many mods can get loaded without other mods that help you load those mods. Or... Right. Which is definitely going to be um, a bit more of a PC thing where you just have no cap. Whereas on sure, consoles, sure. you can add a decent amount of mods, but it is physically capped on space. So, like, you right. can't totally blow it up. Right. Well, then the other issue is that if you add mods in in the middle of a playthrough, then some of them work and some of them don't. Like, yeah. there's a lot of these, like, the little so detail stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of variables. That's the part that I think is, is going to frustrate a lot of the uh, less informed purchasers of these things or, or like somebody's sure. parents are like hey we bought you i know you've been wanting that you know some mods for your game we bought you all these mods for your game yeah we, and then, we got you the minecraft skin or, or whatever or maybe they sell like a pack you know like like sure. christmas next year they're like here's you know 50 dollars worth of mod mod pack and then you go to lo- load them all up at the same time but well they don't all work together because right sure uh, maybe and maybe most of the time they do but because your gameplay is a certain point and you're trying to load a save right and you have 22 junior. melons in your house when you try to load this <laughs> right well, you're effed <laughs> right and junior doesn't know this because dad just bought him the mod pack and then why doesn't sure. it work and then that creates problems right so i i think they're, they're probably going to i'm sure they've been thinking through this stuff but I, there's yeah. going to be something they need to do for that and so people are going to have to i assume agree to a ton of disclaimers like hey this is not within the realm of what's just vanilla game that we right right i mean people already complain about like getting in early on like game releases and they don't work well you know it's like like this is clearly labeled as early pre-release stuff and people still get mad like well why is this thing sucking it's like well because it's not done (laughs) you're playing well then you shouldn't you shouldn't release it if it's not done well if people get upset about that knowing that it's clearly labeled that this is not ready signed up for a beta right kid you're mad that it doesn't work that's a different scenario those same people are going to get mad when their mods don't work Um, oh without a doubt and it's like you got to understand what it is you're buying but anyway that's uh it'll be interesting to see how they handle that how this continues to evolve um and it even has me thinking about like maybe I should just learn a little bit. Do you want to try? Yeah. Do you want to try to make a mod? Wouldn't like, it be fun to just kind of make some funny little companions or something really fun, or to have you know our community come up with some ideas? I'm sure there are people out there who are way more skilled at actually doing this stuff than I am, and to have us all work together and put put together some ideas, and then have them put this up on the store and then make some money off of it. Yeah, I would be so cool. I would be like I'd be thrilled if you and I were tossing out ideas with some people in our community, and then somebody's like, yeah, I made like 500 bucks off of this last month i'd be like oh my god that's amazing you know so right um anyway that's what's going on with that stuff uh go check out tales of tamriel i'm sure they're gonna be talking about all this stuff and yeah of course i've got other stuff robotsradio.net from all, all my shows starfield lorecast fallout lorecast lord of the rings lorecast mass effect lorecast and a lot of other shows by other hosts as well so if you're looking for more content we've got it for you and uh thanks for tuning in everybody lotus thanks for being here chat a pleasure as always thanks for being here all right we're gonna head out we'll see you next week See you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time